0: You have just clicked on the next episode of the Deconstructing Humanity podcast. On today's podcast episode, we will be unveiling part two of Trained People How to Treat You. If you have not listened to part one, I suggest you press pause. We'll wait for you. One, two, three. Now that they're all gone, we can start the intro for our people who are ready for part two. Let's get it. Oh, I see (laughs) we not (laughs) playing. My God, on today. Oh, you're over there. I see that. You're Vesseling. You are Vesseling. I'm going to need you to say that again for the people in the back. I'm talking about the people behind the people in the back. When I tell you, they missed it. My goodness, y'all. What we're doing here is so simple we are simply deconstructing human seed and we are creating a blueprint through human experience you are not done with you yet let's do our work (laughs) let's do our work thank you for tuning in to the deconstructing human seed podcast with yours truly calvin Sharp. i hope you're ready for today's episode let's get to it All right, we are back. We are back and I'm ready to start the episode. You should not be here if you have not listened to episode one or I mean, part one of Train people how to treat you. We are going straight into part two today, which I am extremely excited about. Before I do that, I want to give a quick shout out. So I just got the analytics from um apple podcast and there are 10 people in seattle washington i don't know who these 10 people are but let me just say something it started off as one in november and then it became two by the third episode and then it got to six and now it's at 10 in January. I don't know who's doing the good work out there in Seattle, Washington, <laughs> but send me an email. I don't know who is out there walking the streets, advocating for deconstructing humans, saying you must tune in, you must listen. But somebody is doing the good work. When I tell you there are 10 people on Apple who ping into towers that are Seattle, Washington, every single week. I see every single episode that they've listened to. That is much love. And it is, <laughs> it is so appreciated. I've only been to Seattle one time. And that was like three years ago. And when I tell you, that was a great trip. And I can definitely come back. Hello? Um, <clears throat> It just does me, it does me, it just, it brings me so much joy. So thank you so much for um, whoever that is, whoever that is on the streets of Seattle doing the good work. I thank God for you. Um, So I just want to start to show off with that. I am learning how to rest. Um, I had a good conversation with a friend of mine where I just was like, I need to learn how to say no and I need to learn how to do less on the weekends. And I rested this weekend, y'all. I got so much good sleep. I took so much time for myself. I went to the store with no, with no list and just got things that I know that I needed. I spent some time watching some shows that I, and movies that I really wanted to see. I saw Glass Onion um, on Netflix, which I thought was really, really good. When I tell you, Ooh, baby, they was acting that thing. It had so many twists and turns. By the end of it, I was like, what? Um, what else did I watch this weekend? Um, oh, the menu. The menu on HBO. Um, listen, don't invite me to no dinner parties. <laughs> I think I think I'm good. I think I'm good on your dinner parties. I think I'm good on everything. Like, that movie completely messed me up. Um, yeah, I don't want to go to any meals, y'all, where we die. So if you have a invi- an invitation for me that you've been holding and you know that the, the end of the meal is the end of my life, keep it, keep it, keep it. I would appreciate you, love you, and honor you so much more um, if you would actually, you know, do that for me, amen? So, yeah, if you want to watch something crazy, That is absolutely insane. Please watch the menu. I I'm glad I watched it. But what was that? that's it. So I want to do a quick recap of train people how to treat you see I've gotten better. I used to spend like 15 minutes of recap in my life. But um, somebody told me to lower it down to five. So I did that in five minutes, y'all train people how to treat you part one and train people how to treat you part one. We talked about what it meant to train someone. It means to teach a particular skill or type of behavior through practice and instruction over a period of time. We also talked about common sense versus training needed. Is it common sense to just know how to treat everyone or do you sometimes need to be trained how to show up for people? How to react when people do things, how to be in relationship with certain people because we're all different. I mean, is some instruction needed or not then the first thing we talked about was are you worth someone training are you worth someone taking a training course for this was serious because i think this is a a way of thinking that a lot of people weren't ready for from the messages that i got um from this one are you worth someone taking a training course for if they say it what someone pointed out to me was, if you're training these people how to treat you, how dare they have the right to say if you're worth the training course or not? <laughs> oh, God, y'all. Listen, I'm just going to say this. I I get that some of these titles and some of these things that we talk about on Deconstructing Humanity um, may not be for you and may not be something that you're going through. But at the end of the day, when the day is done, somebody else may need it. And that's why I say deconstructing humancy is a free store. It's a free store. You come in, you walk around, you pick up what you want. You pick up what you may want to try on. You pick up whatever it is that you think that you may need. You drop it in that basket. Anything else, you leave it on the shelf and let somebody else walk behind you and pick those things up. Training people how to treat you is not for everyone. Everyone doesn't have the wherewithal. Everyone doesn't care enough. Everyone doesn't think that they should have to do it. And those are the people I'm not talking to. If you are a person who feels I don't care to train people how to treat me, then continue to live a life where people treat you how they want to treat you and just hope that everyone has the morals and the value and the respect and the appreciation that you believe they do. Me, I know what all kind of folks how how all different types of people are raised. And I know that there's some lessons that a lot of parents miss. And I know there's a lot of things that people forget once they leave their parents' has once they leave their parents' house. And with that being said, I just make sure I keep courses on Calvin Sharp ready in case I have to train or teach somebody how to be in relationship. Okay. In proximity with <laughs> in any type of anything with me. So, with that being said, we also talked about with all um all of us having high value, but placement is a key. Where you are can also determine your value. So, we talked about that. We also talked about are you consistent enough for me to follow written laws about you? A lot of people are inconsistent in their behavior, they're inconsistent in the story and the person in which they present. So, sometimes we just don't believe them enough to where we feel comfortable enough following guidelines that they presented to us. Like, who are you and what, who are you gonna be tomorrow? And will these rules still work? Then the next thing we talked about was who needs the training? So we we lightly touched the surface and we got started with coworkers and leadership. We talked about coworkers and we talked about how to train leaders, how to work, how to train you. And so we're right here where we're supposed to be now, which is at Historical Friends. But before we jump into the individual types of people, I want to go over a few definitions. The first definition of the night is boundary. Boundary. Let me define the word boundary. It's a line that marks the limits of an area. It's a dividing line. One more time. A line that marks the limits of an area. A dividing line. For me, the definition of boundary is quite simple. Door that is closed. (laughs) Door that is closed. Now, doors have a function of opening and doors have a function of closing. Doors can also be unlocked and doors can also lock. And so why say that a boundary to me is a door? You can have a boundary in 2017, and in 2020, there's no boundary for you. I allow you to walk through here freely. I allow you to walk through here comfortably. I allow you to be in this situation where there's no door. No door exists for you. So boundaries are very, very important when training people how to treat you. They are the doors that stop people from moving forward. Boundaries. If you do not know how to set boundaries, if you're a person who are who is uncomfortable with setting boundaries, you will struggle with training people how to treat you. Boundaries do not make you difficult. So many people think that I don't I I don't understand why so many people think that boundaries do not make you difficult. To me, boundaries make you easier to understand it kind of like puts the parameters up. So I kind of know what I can do and what I can't do. And I'd rather be in a situation to where I have an idea of how to function with you or to be around you rather than everything just being open. And I don't understand what's for me and what's not for me. So after we leave boundaries, I kind of want to just take a moment and I want to talk about the power of no. N-O, no. No is really difficult to say for a lot of people, especially when you're under the age of 30. No is quite hard. Um, I've noticed that no is especially difficult for women and for girls. Um, In high school and being in college and... Um, just working in a field that's heavily dominated by women I listen to them in their conversation and it's always well all right or yes we can do that or that could that could be done when there's moments where I say no (laughs) that's not gonna work (laughs) we're not gonna be able to do that and I I have been listening to a lot of different things just just on researching and understanding women more there's an amazing poem i do not know the author of the poem but the title is shrinking women if you go to youtube and type in shrinking women poem um it's an amazing amazing poem by a caucasian lady she has uh dark brown hair and she's standing on the stage talking about how Women over time in her family shrink and get smaller and smaller, while the men get larger and larger. And she talked about wanting to ask questions in class when she was in college, and and wanting um, to have another slice of pizza, but not doing it out of fear of, you know, uh, how people would perceive her and how people look at her, and 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 different things like that. It's a really really good poem. If you're into poetry, it's called "Shrinking Women" on YouTube. It is very, very good. The power of no. No is a word that must be a part of your vocabulary. I feel like you should say no more than you say yes in life. Um, but I don't want to tell anybody that and you miss out on some incredible opportunities. I was reading somewhere where it says no draws a circle around you and allows for nothing else to enter. no. No. No is magic. No is powerful. No is a protection spell. No is a blessing. No is self-advocacy. No is um, uh, uh, facilitating a safe space for yourself. (laughs) No is good management. No is, is, is really, really pulling back the layers and taking care of yourself. I say no all the time. I say no more than I think friends and family would would actually like to hear me say, but it's a it's a thing of protecting my peace. And I know that in the Protect My Peace episode, I gave you the power of okay. but let me tell you that no, my God, on today, it's even more, if not equally as powerful Then I want to talk about the second thing I told I asked a friend of mine, I said, what does no mean to you? And she said the definition is quite simple. It means the end period. (laughs) I said, what? She said, it's over. It's done. She was like, we don't move. We don't move anywhere past this second, past this moment, past this conversation. She said, it is disrespectful, okay, for you to say something to me after I have given you the no. She said, the no is the end. Why are you still standing here? Why are you still talking to me about it? When I know something, I close that subject out. I said, wow. I said, you going to give me, you want to give me an example. Can I have a sip of your drink? No. Well, why not? No. The answer is no. You can't have a sip of my drink. <laughs> you want a drink. You have the means to go get it. If you don't have the means to get it, ask me another question that may get me to see if I can help you and assist you in that. But no, no is the answer for this. What's next? <laughs> and so I really like that, how no is the end period she was like i say no and i make a face and i'm done with it and she was like most time people don't push me most time people don't pressure me but she said every now and again i have a few people she was like like my mama (laughs) who wants explanation for the no and so you know you have to pick those battles as they come and as they go The next thing I wanted to address before we get into the individual relationships is I want to address the difference between um, a explanation of someone and an experience of someone. Yeah, it took me a while to understand this. It took me a moment to get this down. Um, An explanation of someone is you don't have any experience with this person So people try to lay the law out for you based on how they feel about that person. So, for example, let's say you're a new manager starting at a new company or a new business. And let's say you have three people that work for you, um, Jason, Becky, and Tasha. And let's say they say, oh, you know, Jason's great. Um, He's very unorganized. Um, He is one of our top closers. And um, he has trouble with punctuality. And then you get to the next person, I think I, I think I named her uh, Becky, and, they, and they'll and they say, oh, you know, Becky's great, Becky's extremely organized, Becky's at work, you know, before everyone else, um, she's not very confrontational and doesn't handle client-to-client interaction well. And then they'll say, okay, and then you got Tasha, and Tasha's someone who's kind of in the middle of the both of them. Um, she does She does well with client interaction. She is, you know, organized. She just doesn't uh, adhere well to change. Um, so you may have a bit of a struggle managing her in the beginning, but you will find your way. She will find her way. And so as that new manager, you're like, oh, wow, snap. This is what I got to deal with with all these people. So you come into the new situation and you already – have preconceived notions of how you feel about these individuals. So when you have your first meeting with David and you're, you're looking at him and you're asking him, you know, okay, um, I, 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 um, you struggle with organization. He's going to say, well, I struggle with organization because we've never really been given the tools um, to be organized. I've been asking for filing systems. I've been asking for certain programs to help me keep information together and haven't gotten them yet. So then it's like, oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> He's unorganized because what is it that you're failing to do? And then you go with Becky and it's like, um, oh, yeah. So you are organized from things that you learned from a past job, from programs you were able to bring it over on your own, um, but you have trouble with client to client interfacing and and different things like that. And it's like, no, I, I I really don't. I just on my first week here, I had an interaction. The interaction wasn't uh you know, great. I was written up and then I was never trained how this company wanted me to proceed. So I just kind of tend to shy away or back down from those situations. Oh, that's what it is. So it's a, it's a, it's a result of, um, you not being trained (laughs) on how to work in this environment successfully with that. Okay. Got it. And then we have, you know, Tasha, and I can't remember what I said. Tasha's um, issue or thing was, but what I'm trying to get you to understand is, a lot of times your issues with people won't be what the person who introduced you to them issue with them with them is. I always look at people, and when people try to, when people reach out to me and they say, "Actually, I, I had a situation. I I can I can share it. I won't say any names." Um, but I had a situation where we all went to. Uh, the bahamas a few years back and um i was in we were in a situation where we were were getting ready to go and we were loading up the vans and everything i had got on the bus and i had sat down and i was you know getting myself ready for the 30-minute ride back to the airport and just chilling out on the bus and um somebody had said you know where is this person i said oh they're coming they're behind me and so a few minutes went by i think five minutes went by or seven minutes i can't remember and they finally, you know, they got here, they got their stuff at the bottom of the bus and then they walked on the bus themselves. So, I don't, they still didn't to this day tell me who told them this, but um, when we got back, um, I started sending them messages like, hey, cause you know, we connected really good and had an amazing time on the trip. And I said, hey, you know, how's everything been going? You know, I'm just catching up on the, some of these life things you were trying to do. And he goes, you know, everything's fine in my life, but I do have an issue with you. And I was like, oh. Uh, do we need to do a phone call or, or or would you like to keep this online? He said, let's do a phone call. And so he calls me immediately and he says, yeah, somebody told me that you were like, oh, he's doing this and he's doing that and he's running late and he's all this and he's this. And I was like, no, I didn't. I said, I did not have that conversation at all. I said, I first of all had to walk half a mile. So I was trying to breathe. Hello, somebody. I was trying to breathe when I got on the bus. <laughs> Cause we were the only two staying in a far off property on the resort Island. And so I'm walking over and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not participating in any deep conversation, especially not about you. So we get on the, we get on the bus and I mean, uh, we're in the conversation on the phone and he's like, well, why would they just tell me that? Like, there's no reason they would just tell me that. And I was like, I have no idea. I said, but let me ask you this though. That person who told you this, Are they a person who oftentimes participates in mess and gossip? I said, you don't even have to answer the question. Just think about that. And I said, how many times have you and I actively participated in mess and gossip together? And he goes, not one time. I said, did we not just spend five days together in the same room? And he was like, yeah, we did. And I said, how many problems or issues did we have over the course of that time? And he was like, no, we didn't have any. I said, so all I'm asking you to do. Is look at the person who gave you the information. (laughs) And if they're a valid source and there's somebody you trust with your life, then we'll have another conversation. But if there's someone who participates strongly in foolishness, gossip and mess, have a good day. We haven't had a phone conversation since, Um, but we do talk online and we have our little moments where we check on each other and say hello. But at the end of the day, check your sources. Check your sources because a lot of times, a lot of times, your sources are the source of the mess. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So now I want to get into experience. Whew. Experience is someone who's shared time, space and energy with you for a period of time, for an extended long period of time. So I'm talking about siblings I'm talking cousins I'm talking mothers fathers I'm talking historical friends I'm talking aunts uncles I'm talking about friends from college and you in your 30s and 40s now people who have seen you through different walks of life have experiences of you your friends from a decade plus they've had experiences of you an experience of you cannot be overruled by an explanation or a new training them how to teach a new teaching of training them how to treat you. It's very difficult. And let me tell you why. When someone experience when someone experiences you they feel like their definition of who you are is in, in its most solid form. Which means there's nothing anyone can tell me about Deshaun Because I lived with him for 13 years. (laughs) There's nothing nobody can tell me about Mary because we've been friends for 20 years. There's nothing anybody can tell me about my daughter. I I raised her. She's lived in my house for 24 years of her life. And so a lot of times it becomes um, hard when you're dealing with that. So that takes me into... My very first uh, message DM uh, of a question. So I'm really excited about it. I'm going to read it. It's very quick. It's only a couple sentences. This individual, I cannot say their name. I promised um, this individual said, what up, C? Do not use my name in your little show. And you see how you see how you try to do something in your friends. (laughs) Never mind. As you know, I am one of four siblings. Uh, became a class clown as well as a family clown to stay on my parents' mind. Uh, went to college six hours away for six years. Got my master's and got my bachelor's. Woo! Came back to live with my family for two years because I needed to stack money. After, after being treated the same way, I left to move to a new place, to a new city to finally get some respect. My question is: How do I train my family on who I have become? Whew. All right. <laughs> First of all, I know this person. This is a good. This is this is a good friend of mine who listens to the podcast. Uh, who I love deeply. Um. This is one of those friends who never needs anything and never asks for anything, especially not of me. This is a friend who fixes everything on their own and then seven years later will tell me how they died and somehow made it to dinner today. <laughs> <laughs> they are not a friend who asks for help. They are not a friend who who looks for you to, to get them out of situations. So I, I I'm very shocked that They sent me this message and I know that this is something serious that they're dealing with because we've had sidebar conversations about this. And this is what I this is what I would say. People who have an experience of you, family members who have an experience of you, friends who have an experience of you, people who have known you before you were you. They are the hardest people to train how to treat you. You can't tell them nothing new about yourself. It's so difficult to show them who you become because they remember who you were. What I love about what you've done is when you left to go to school six hours away, you no longer had to rely on the class clown and the family clown because you weren't known as a comical person. It allowed you to kind of flex some other personality muscles and become this great individual who now has more than just comedy under his sleeve. He now has intelligence. He now has all these different things, these other muscles that he's had to flex, which has gotten you the career that you have, which has afforded you the amazing, incredible life that you have that I have benefited from. (laughs) So... What I what I would say to you, my best advice um, that I would say to you is. You cannot come in with a class course. You have to show these people that you've become different. You have to show them that you are a changed person. You've already done the you've already controlled the dosage of you. You've already given them less and less and less and less and less. So there's a want for you. There's a, there's a, I miss you. There's an, um, um, an openness to see you and to be around you. And I think when you're present in those moments and they're listening, show them who you've become, show them you're now reliable. Show them that you're now someone who shows up when help is needed. Show them that you have the ability to help problem solve and make decisions in this family. Show them and unteach them that you are not a joke. (laughs) That you are something and you are somebody who is meaningful and powerful and that you are as capable, if not more capable, than anyone else who holds this last name. Hello? Hello, somebody. So at the end of the day, when the day is done, these are the hardest people to teach. And my friend, listen, I'll ride down there with you, but you're going to have to show your family. This is who I am now. Either get with it or I will continue to decrease the dosage that you get of me. It's a hard one. It is. It's it's it really is a hard one. So that brings me to the next thing i want to talk about which is the let you make it moment let you make it let you make it baby we let people make it all the time let you make it usually happens around the beginning of relationships and it's kind of before the training starts um there's a time where there's no training happening and during that time you're kind of trying to see what people have for common sense. Anyway, <laughs> the training doesn't come in until the common sense era has failed us. Amen. So what happens here is you realize this person not going to come around to what you need on their own. So you're going to have to help them. You're going to have to you're going to have to you're going to have to offer some help to them to help them get to where you need them to get to. So so everything is not so bad. I call this to let you make it phase. All right. I'm gonna let you come over my house a couple of times. (laughs) Without, without calling first, I'm gonna let you call me a couple of times at (laughs) 1am. You know, I'm gonna let you do it, you know, a couple of times. I'm gonna let you. Talk over me a couple of times when we're out in public, you know, just to see if maybe you can catch yourself and realize that you've made the mistake or you you you've made the error. I'm going to give you one or two times of having situations and issues where I feel like you didn't consider me. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a few a few times. I'm i I'm a I'm a let you I'm to let you make it for just a moment. And then something happens and the let you make it era of the friendship so the let you make it era comes first and then the common sense era comes and then it's a uh train people how to treat you era and then after that it's okay we done (laughs) it's the end no it's the end (laughs) so um let you make it is one of those eras that we kind of let people have passes on and it mostly applies to friends and people who are new to you who don't understand how to be in relationship with you, we kind of give them a couple of passes. The beginning of a relationship, um, a sexual relationship or relationship with somebody that you're courting or you're dating, you're going to give them several let you make it moments, Uh, new friendships, even situationships. Um, You'll give them a few moments of, okay, I'm going to let you make it on this. Um, But your patience runs thin and you end that Um, Sooner than later. So yeah, let you make it is 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 one of those errors that I think they're I think they're important because it shows it shows that you understand trial and error happens and that's important. Now, the next thing I want to kind of just lightly touch on uh, before we end the episode, because we're getting around to that time is train people how to treat you parents addition. So th- we talked about co-workers and leadership, um, historical friends, cousins, siblings, um, all those things we've kind of touched on, um, the experience of you and how it's hard to see you differently. Now let's go into parents. Um, parents, parents, parents are very difficult. Let me tell you why parents are difficult. First thing I want everyone to understand is that every single person who has a parent was raised different. some parents um, have earned deserve or require more respect than others and some don't some parents did their their work and got you to 18 and was done at 18 some parents have stayed with you to 22 and 25 some parents will still take care of whatever you need and your 40s (laughs) it just depends on what type of relationship and what kind of parent, um, you were given, um, well, you know, that was assigned to you, um, cause you don't choose your parents and they're assigned to you. I think the biggest thing is dictationship versus guidance. Um, when you're a child, your parent picks what you wear, your parent picks what you eat. Um, your parent picks what you go where you go you have to ask your mom and your dad for permission to go to the movies you have to ask your mom and dad for permission to stay out late you have to ask your mom and dad for um, so many different things that they are guardians and responsible for the survival of your life training someone how to treat you who had the amazing power play for your majority of your life of the yeses and the (laughs) noes that shaped your social life, that shaped um, where you went to school at, that shaped where you lived at, that shaped where you went to school at. I I think it's not until you're an adult that you realize you had no say so in how you were brought up or how you were raised. You had no say-so in the, in the neighborhood. You had no say-so in the house. You had no say-so in the school. You had no say-so in the church. You're born, and then if a family has a church, then that's the church you go to. Um, you have no say-so in a lot of those things. And so a lot of those things have a heavy shaping on you and, and who you become as adult. And that's okay because family is important, and their job is to survive you and get you to the next level. What happens is there's a moment between 18 to 25, which I like to refer to as the transition period to where parents begin to transition out of um, dictators of your life to people who guide you. And people who guide you, their guidance is there when you request it. I think a lot of parents have trouble changing. Um, flipping the switch. Um, I know me personally, like the biggest thing with my mom is I love for her to address me in questions rather than um commands. So, for example, Calvin, do you think you can so and so, so and so, or Calvin, can you so and so, so and so, rather than you need to. So and so, so and so, because I'm your mother and I'm telling you to like, yes, you're my mother. Yes, I am your child. But I have now graduated into being your adult child. And I think what a lot of parents don't understand is I'm your adult child. Now I am building an empire myself. I am trying to create a life for myself. I am dealing with the world head on (laughs) everything that you have told me about and prepared me for. I am in it. I am in it right now. I'm going to work every day. I am dealing with work issues. I am trying to navigate relationships. I am trying to navigate personal life. I am trying to see the world. I am noticing that time is fleeting and all my dreams and hopes and desires. I'm not making them in time. There, I'm in it. I'm in the thick of it. I'm in the thick of it. And I think that a lot of parents don't they they think like but I did this for you you should do it for me I think where a lot of the confusion lies is that I was your child <laughs> <laughs> I have so many friends who who definitely struggle and have so many issues with their parents and they're just like man my mom just always needs something or my dad you know he's always you know stressing me out about something or I have to send this this time, this week, or I have to send this this month. And I don't understand, you know, why they're spending this way or why they're doing this. And it's 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 so many things that that stress you out. And at the same and at the same time, those same parents don't treat you as if you are an equal. They'll treat you still as if you are a child. And I think where the training comes in is you have to train your parents that I am. I am your child and I love and respect you and I thank you for surviving me but who I am now is your adult child and I'm your adult child that has my own family I'm your adult child that has my own household to run I'm your adult child who has my own career I'm my I'm your adult child who is in the thick of it in facing the world and what I don't need is another another person trying to come over me and tell me what I have to do and what I don't have to do through guilt or dictation. So I think if you have those conversations with your parents and you be explicitly clear and you say to them thank you so much for everything you've done for me getting me to this point cuz I wouldn't have gotten to this point without you. I appreciate I appreciate you, but I really I really would like for your role to become more of of that of someone who guides me rather than directs me or dictates to me because I'm trying to balance and figure this out, you know, majority of it for myself. Now, if you see I'm about to make a mistake or you feel like very strongly about a situation, please, you know, you have the right to speak into it. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, when the day is done, understand that it's your child's life <laughs> it's your child's life you had the time you had the ability to 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 do your dreams to get what you wanted to get done let your child do what your child wants to do at their pace if your child is not rushing to buy a house do not pressure them to buy a house if your child is not rushing to To get married, do not pressure them to get married. If you really want grandchildren and your child doesn't have any children, they may not have the capacity for raising children full time just so you can have a grandchild to play with one day a week. (laughs) (laughs) Look at everything. Understand everything. And realize that you did what you did in surviving your children because you loved them and you honored your responsibility as a parent. But at the end of the day, when the day is done, your children don't owe you anything. And I think that is the hardest concept for a lot of parents to accept. Now, a lot of us had really great parents. So we love them and we honor them and we cherish them and we'll do whatever we can whenever we can for them. But in all seriousness, I think that sometimes parents expect for your love and your care and your understanding and your consideration to be to the level of what there was what theirs was for you when you were a baby. Or when you were a child or when you were a teenager. And sometimes you just have to let your parents know, we're just I'm not in that place where I can handle everything for you at this moment. And so that's why I always say parents are your greatest obstacle. They're the hardest people to train how to treat you because their experience of you is so great. And not only do they have an experience to where they can't be taught or told anything different about you, it's what they feel you owe them from the work that they did tirelessly for years to get you to where you are today. So when you have those two things working together <laughs> and you're trying to coexist uh, with your parent, it's difficult Um We will probably have to talk about particular situations and particular things so we can get, you know, definite ways how to how to maneuver around certain situations. So if you have any of those, send those in and we'll see what we can kind of do about those. Um, But, yeah, parents are one of the most difficult uh, relationships to train. But I still say give it a good go. (laughs) And you will like your parents better. You will love them. You, you, you love them, but you will like them better. Uh, once that conversation and once you see that respect for your time and for your energy and for your money and for everything is is there. Um, a lot of adult children have let me know they just don't feel respected. <laughs> they just don't feel respected. And a lot of times the parents are like, well, I don't have to respect you, you know, and I think the parents don't say that. But in their actions and in the, and the way they handle their adult children, there is a lack of respect. And so if you have a, if you have an adult child who is out there doing it, who is out there taking care of stuff who is not needing things from you, who is not calling you for money every single month? who is handling their lives and running their lives, know that you had a major part in their ability to to do this. (laughs) You come to their house and it's not filthy. Know that you had a part in that. You see that they're able to keep a car. You see that they're able to stay on a job. Know that that's from their years of watching you, watching you do what you do. (sighs) Train your parents how to treat you. Don't give them coursework. Give them conversation. Give them communication. Give them appreciation. And always respect and always honor them. But at the same time, let them know, I just need to know that you realize I'm an adult now and that's that on that. All right, train people how to treat you. Y'all, I thought it was going to be one episode. I thought it was going to be one 30 minute episode and we came out with two episodes and this is my longest episode ever for the podcast. I can't wait to hear what Brittany Allison have to say about this. So we can't even do a recap. Well, yes, we can. We'll do a quick one. Do, um, First thing we talked about on today's episode was boundaries, a line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line. The Calvin definition was a door. A door that has the ability to open, a door that has the ability to close, a door that has the ability to lock or be unlocked. You... You may have a boundary at 2017, but at 2022, you are seawalking all through that thing because there's no boundaries for you. The next thing we talked about was the power of no. What does no mean? No means drawing a circle around me and saying no more. <laughs> Nothing else can pass here. Um, our friend gave us a wonderful definition of the end period. Do not ask me anything else after I give you a no. End period done. Be disrespectful if you want to. Next, we talked about the difference between explanation and experience. Somebody can explain how they feel about people and let you know oh, this is what you're going to encounter, this is what you're going to deal with. But Make sure you go on with an open mind and make sure that you draw your own conclusions about these people. Then an experience, an experience is yours. Experiences is, is yours. <laughs> it is how you feel about that person because you have experienced them. Oh, I've I've heard about um this new restaurant. Oh, I've been. <laughs> I've been three times. Let me tell you about it for real. Okay. Okay, I'm going to kind of listen to this person who's been three times because um, they have a, a better understanding of what it is. Now, you get to a point where people who have experiences of you, you want to train them to re- to appreciate, respect, and understand who you've become. However... The experience of you is so heavy; they have trouble learning the new you. So you have to control the doses of how much they see you, so that want and that miss comes up for you. And then once they're open to receive you, you have to show them who you have become. You have to give them, um, <clears throat> you have to give them um, new parts of you with those new doses that you present. The next thing, <clears throat> my voice. Let you make it moment. I'm telling you, we talked about the let you make your moments. They are so serious. I had to get a sip of that water again. Let you make your moments are usually at the beginning of a new relationship. They mark that first error. And basically, what they do is they allow people to come into your life and (laughs) play a little bit. Now we're gonna we're gonna let you play a little bit. So understand. Let you make your moments are important. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say that they're vital, but they are important um, to let people have them. It, it shows people, you know, you you do allow mistakes and you're not, you know, just this hard person who is just difficult to be around. All right. We talked about historical friends, cousins and siblings. And that's the whole thing with showing them who you have become so they can learn who um, the new person is And we've talked about parents, um, getting your parents on board with the new adult child and offering you a brand of respect that um, is worth it. So I hope this episode helped you. I hope this episode taught you all some things. Um, You remember, it's a store. So you pick up what you want, you leave what you don't want. Um, I'm still learning how to train people how to treat me. Um, I'm still learning how to close out, let you make it errors. I'm just being honest. Um, I'm still learning um, how to determine if people are valuable enough to me to take their coursework. Um, I have been shedding myself of friendships within the last year. So once I realized that we just don't work and we just we can't get it together. I have been able to let a few people go over the last year, and I wouldn't say I feel better, but I I will say that that I am happy that we we have done the work trying to train each other, and we've realized that what we want the other person to get, to learn, to understand, to receive, is just not happening. And we don't know when it's happening or we don't know if it's ever going to happen. And I think it's okay to just let these people go. Now, we're not saying the friendship's over forever. It could be five or ten years down the line. Y'all bump into each other or y'all have a hello powwow moment. Whatever can happen can happen. But what I'm saying is if it doesn't serve you in this moment and you've done your good work to keep it, you have done your good work to train people. They've done their good work to train you. And neither one of us are showing up for the classes and neither one of us are turning in the coursework. Let's just let it go. <laughs> all right, y'all, that's it. That's all I have for you on tonight. Oh, this was a long episode. Um, My goodness. I'm going back to the 32 minutes. <laughs> y'all have a wonderful day. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Please reach out to me. Um, More episodes to come and happy happy monday if you're listening today if not if you listen on monday the happy monday will apply <laughs> y'all have a good day bye-bye take care of you until i can get back to your baby